Welcome to Parenting Kids and Dogs 101, a limited series podcast for parents who live with kids and dogs, or plan to. I'm your host, Michelle Stern, the founder of Pooch Parenting. I'm not just a certified professional dog trainer and former teacher, I'm a mom too. In each episode of this series, I hope you feel like I'm chatting with you, one parent to another, about life with kids and dogs answering common questions my clients ask me, and giving you simple solutions to make your life easier and safer. I hope you'll subscribe and join me for the whole series. And don't forget to grab the accompanying workbook at poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. Enjoy! In episode 10, I'll be talking about tips for parents on keeping dogs both physically and mentally stimulated. This is a topic that comes up a lot for my clients, many of whom are feeling overwhelmed and feeling like their dog isn't getting enough. It's so common for parents to feel overwhelmed and wonder what else they could be doing for their dog because a lot of our focus has now shifted to our children. So I'd like to start by encouraging you to ask for help. That is absolutely okay. You can get a dog walker, you could consider occasional daycare, which is not great for all dogs, but it is good for some dogs. You could trade with somebody else and you could take their baby while they take your dog, for example, so that your dog is getting the stimulation of visiting a new location or playing with other dogs that they don't normally have access to. But I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking about what physical stimulation is and what it might include. So the list can vary, of course, depending on your dog, on what is appropriate for them to do. But physical stimulation and physical exercise can often include things like walks, hikes, going running or swimming, playing with other dogs, playing active games with us, like using a flirt pole, and more. And these can be really difficult for parents to do, especially if it means that you have to leave the house in order to make that happen, because it can be so difficult to bring your child with you while you're out and about with your dog. Maybe you have to wear your baby. You're not totally sure how your dog will respond. You don't want to get pulled over, for example, or put your baby at risk. One option for parents who really wish they could get out more with their dogs is to hire a babysitter every once in a while, maybe once a week, so that you can leave your child at home and you can go out and have an adventure with your dog. This is great for bonding as well, but I do acknowledge that it may be a financial indulgence for some people if money is tight. But here's an important reminder for parents. Not all exercise has to be physical. Mental stimulation is just as important. For many parents, it's often easier, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, to offer your dog mental stimulation than it is to provide physical exercise, especially if you are recovering from childbirth. If you like what you're hearing so far, don't forget to grab the free workbook that comes with this limited podcast series. All you need to do is head over to my website, poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. Mental stimulation can include things like food puzzles, games, training sessions, nose work or scent work, playing hide and seek, learning tricks, doing therapy or therapy work, finding food scattered in the house or in the yard, 
and there are a number of other options as well. This can also include taking really slow, relaxing walks with your dog in new places or even in your own neighborhood and letting them sniff as much as they want. Sometimes I even let my dog determine the route we're going to take on our walks. I give them a loose lead and I follow where they go as long as it's safe. A huge favorite of mine and of many of my clients is to scatter feed. So what we'll often do is scatter feed in the yard or in different parts of the house or even using a piece of equipment like a snuffle mat. And this uses the dog's natural olfactory skills, which take up a huge percentage of the neurons in the brain and makes them really tired and satiated. You can also hide food in boxes that you strategically place around your house, and then you can rotate the location of the boxes next time. I wanna wrap up today's brief episode with a little pointer, and that is for you to aim for parenting that is good enough, because perfection is the enemy of the good and is not really attainable anyway. So give yourself some permission to say goodbye to that guilt You're doing fine if you're listening to a podcast like this and thinking of ways that you can be a great parent to your dog and your kids at the same time. It's only natural for questions about our kids and dogs to arise from time to time, especially as our babies grow up and our dogs mature. And if I'm being honest, it's not really worth asking for free advice from friends or even online, because you can't rely on the accuracy of the feedback you're getting. If you'd like to learn more about the Pooch Parenting Society, where I offer practical life and science-based tips and strategies, ongoing support, and a safe place to share, head on over to safekidsanddogs.com. From one parent to another, I see you, and I promise that you're not alone. Thanks for listening.